The following program is sponsored by Tiptree Fruit Growers and Preservers. You're listening to the latest World Radio Gardening podcast, sponsored by Wilkins and Sons. In this edition, we find out about the bumper crop of fruit that makes the James Bond's favourite jam, and finding out how the weather can affect crops, even when the plants are undercover. Well, standing amongst the cherries is farm manager Andre, speaking to our reporter Ken Grather. One of my more favourite fruit, I suppose, uh, strawberry come first and then cherry second. Don't they look different from variety to variety? Uh, very much this year, Ken. Absolutely. As you can see on some of them, they are loaded. You know, there's so many cherries on the trees and uh, I don't know how the tree will cope to get to the size required because, you know, the many you've got, you have to give all that power to all, every single berry to get to a size. But on some of them, the set is not great and uh, that's only varietal because they flowering at different time of the year or different weeks, I would say, of the year. And depending on the weather that week, that's what the set is. Now, although they're in a tunnel, you've got, as you how many varieties have we got here? We've got seven varieties, different varieties. And All flowering at different times, within, within weeks or within... That was the idea, weeks. you know, it's a great because uh, flowering within, yeah, a few weeks, I would say, we then ripen at different time of the year and we're having a, a bit longer period extending our period of offering of cherries on the market. So that was a great idea initially, but uh, again, as we can see, in springtime, the weather, weather you know, can affect them at the flowering stage. So if we have cold, colder days and colder nights, you just don't get the pollination is that the problem i believe so it's not only one night but you know a weather pattern when the uh, uh, the pollinators are not moving so they call the weather uh wetter weather or something moisture in the in the in, in the air even because they're under tunnel can affect the cherries pollination and also at the same time they say if the moisture level under the tunnels actually drops or the humidity drops too low pollination is affected again so it's extremely difficult to get that uh, moment uh, for right pollination was this year worse than you've seen before or more difficult let's say i would say more difficult because weather wasn't stable you know either was uh, you know very nice weather we had in uh, going back uh, april time we had very nice sunny days and we had very cold uh, days as well. So that, that pattern is affecting different varieties. I would say for the last couple of years, probably this is on some of the varieties the, is the worst set and on some of the varieties probably the best set. So Very difficult to deal with. Now, because people think, seem to think that just because you put stuff under a polythene tunnel, it grows better. But actually, your polythene tunnels to protect the cherry, isn't it really, rather than warm them up? Uh, yes, the poly is actually acting just uh, uh, as umbrella, I'll call it. You know, we're we protecting the, the cherries, the, the flower and the berry from the weather elements, uh, which is the rain, really. Otherwise, uh, if it's nice and warm, I don't need the poly, actually. 
I, I, I'd rather not have the poly, but of course, uh, the weather is it's very uh, unpredictable and changeable, and we need to have that poly. And rain actually splits the cherry, doesn't it, if it, if it gets onto the fruit, doesn't uh, it? As you can see, this variety here, it's not ripe on at all yet. It's, it's still, you know, green stage, I would say, and uh, actually, a little bit of rain won't affect them, but the variety, which is the kind of a next line, it's just starting to ripen. If I get a wet uh, couple of days, uh, the, the the skin of the cherry will split, and then doesn't that's, sell. Yeah, doesn't sell, unfortunately, unsellable. So we've got um, the one that you're talking about. It's got lots. Is sweetheart, which is uh, is that a, a sort of creamy, I should say, yellowy red cherry normally. No, the, this is it gets, does go to uh, deep red. Uh, deep red. That's that's by the way the sweetheart is a very specific variety it is the first to flower in the spring and last to ripen uh, in the summer. So it actually got that early warm spell which is why it's got so many cherries. Yes, I would say that that was the case this year. But then we move on to what we got here, summer sun, yeah. less on summer sun. Le less on summer sun. Again, summer sun, it was kind of, a, it's, it's a mid-season uh, mid variety. It flowered probably, uh, yeah, in the in the colder uh, week or something, and, and then it, it got affected. And you've got another variety down there. It's even worse, haven't you? Yeah, that, that's probably the worst affected variety. What's and, that uh, It's a cordia this year. Cordia. cordia. But of course, the cherries which are there, they're big. Are, they're, big. they're super <laughs> big. I don't know. They 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 are yeah. Uh, they're huge because the set is not there, and the plant has got to care for less berries. And of course, as a farmer, which is what you are, I mean, okay, you're a jam company as well, but you're a farmer. Picking costs money. Thinning would cost money. So actually, it, it's got to be cost effective to pick the crop, to get it in a punnet, to get it to, a, 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 to sale. Uh, yeah, we, we've got two distinctive markets here. Uh, what we do is uh, some of the varieties, so the, the, the better ones, or the, yeah, the bigger, more attractive one from marketing point of view, I would say, <laughs> we offer them as a, a fresh uh, produce. And uh, the small ones, they don't go to waste, so that's why we don't thin in the first place. They go to, uh, for our jam. The, the quality is the same, they come from the same plant, the difference is only the size. So people have got to understand then that actually when you go and buy a punnet of fruit, it could be more expensive purely because there's less of them in the country. I would say that is the case, and that is the case probably this year for our cherries. There's Andre, the farm manager at Wilkins & Sons in Tiptree in Essex, chatting with our reporter Ken Crowther. Back to the farm in just a moment here on World Radio Gardening. Sponsored by Wilkin & Sons, established in 1885. Have you ever wondered what the best temperature is for growing strawberries? You might be surprised. Ken's with Andre, the farm manager at Wilkin's Farms in Tiptree, and they're alongside the little scarlet strawberries. We're looking at a crop that is now being grown, well, is it called tabletop, Andre? I would say tabletop, yeah, because it's, yeah. It's, it's at a height. It's, it's that height, yeah. But they are little scarlets now little scarlets we always used to see in the field and you've had them here for a couple of years now haven't you yeah we, we slowly progressed uh, and uh, yeah the, the little scarlets from the from the ground level uh, to the tabletops and, uh, and they, it looks like they're doing extremely well as <laughs> you can see <laughs> I was going to say that's an understatement they are massive now 
We were talking earlier about how temperatures, pollination is so important. So why, here they are, little scarlet. I, I, I can't describe how many there are. There are just masses. I've never seen little scarlet as full as that. That really is fantastic amount of crop. What do you, what do you sort of think that's the reason for it? this year i guess we were saying earlier it's not a good year in some ways yeah it's been it's been a you know a very patchy year really and uh, what you can see here a number of berries uh, on each plant and number of flowers but because it's it's hundreds hundreds, it's a small flower i guess and it's easier to pollinate and also this is uh, going back to you know years and years it's one of the wild berries really i would say which i guess is probably not so difficult for pollination and different insects wind and we've got no tunnel here it's all, all open to the element so a little bit of breeze and everything is carrying the pollen and uh, yeah it, it pollinates it that's quite fascinating that what, what you're referring to and i think the most important thing you're referring to is it's closest to nature, nature. that its pollination just happens rather than a cultivated variety that's been developed, yeah. developed, developed to produce a much better and bigger berry yeah. is much more finicky? I would say probably yeah, a little bit more special there. You have to have you know the, the, the bees, the bumblebees, the different uh, yeah, insects uh, to go around and pollinate. And this... Uh, for this number, and you can see how you know dense they are. You know how you get in there. You know the wind, and I guess uh, some have been pollinated by bees, different insects. But that's how the pollination is happening. It's probably it, it's one of the nature's creations uh, uh, to to deal against uh, those things. And you're the are you the only people growing this one? Uh, what you can see, these are the only little scarlets in the world that's pretty impressive isn't it it is very special very very special special. um when do these actually ripen up because i think we're in we're in june aren't we we should be looking towards ripe fruit but we're not are we (laughs) we can see occasional one just starting to ripen but uh, yeah it's been extremely cold june and that delayed the crop we think we're gonna see probably 10 days of uh, of delay this year but once it starts, uh, we will probably first week of July we'll start picking here and uh, yeah. Onward. Onward for about three weeks. What happens to little scarlet fruit? Does that any of it go to sale or not? Uh, all all our little scarlets is for for jam for our special uh, jam, which is the little scarlet one. So really important fruit this one. Absolutely, absolutely. Everything is picked and produced on the same day and it goes to the factory and goes to a process to, to, to get to the, uh, to the jar. Now just jumping back to the other strawberries that you've got under tunnels, we were talking about pollination. Has the weather affected them? Because they're sitting under tunnels. I know we've got our special ones, which we've talked about before in, in the grass house, but the ones in the tunnels that you've been growing like that for a number of years, has, that, has the weather affected them? This year, in terms of pollination, it's been okay because we do put the bumblebees there. Uh, If we were to rely on the natural pollination and uh, the honeybees and everything, because of the colder weather, we would have had problems. But you know, you're taking those precautions uh, measures and uh, putting you know bumblebees early on. Uh, but late on in the season, we don't put any. At the moment, we don't see any uh, effect. So the fruit is okay, is setting, and it's, it's having a nice shape. 
Does a strawberry like cooler conditions or I mean, what conditions they like? I mean, you know, in a garden we're saying, oh, don't let too much damp get underneath them and yeah. all this sort of thing. But you're growing them, of course, as a tabletop. You're growing them in the right condition. Yeah. What do they prefer temperature-wise? Uh, temperature-wise, what I know, the best average temperature to grow strawberries, it's 13 degrees. Quite low. If you believe. Quite low. But it's a very slow uh, process, really. If you want the, the number of berries there, you need a bit higher temperatures. Of course, the berry won't get to the you know, perfect site to what prefer. But for yield, for the best yield and uh, you know, probably best taste and slow development is the best for the berry. And that's around 13 degrees averaging. That's fascinating, isn't it? It's, yeah, I, I didn't know that until, you know... Just recently. Uh, recently, really, so... The thing about being a farmer, you never stop learning, is that right? No, every day, every day is a learning curve, really. Stay tuned to World Radio Gardening, as we'll be back there for a further visit next month. This is World Radio Gardening.